Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. This is Podcast 271 of Maximize Your Influence. So good to have you here. Kurt Mortensen here as we take a deep dive of the world of persuasion, motivation, and influence. Anything to help maximize your life, your income, your relationships, and to get what you want, when you want, and win friends for life. So good to have you back. It's been a non-travel week for me. I don't think that's happened for a couple of months. It was San Diego last week. Was it uh, New York, Paris, Cairo, Hergada? I don't think I mentioned ended up in Lisbon, Portugal. Find a bunch of family over, a little business, a little pleasure. Always fun to travel the streets of Europe in those skinny roads in a nine-passenger stick shift van. But hey, if you haven't been to Portugal, it's a hidden gem of Europe. Castles in the north and the Algarve in the south. It's kind of, I would think, similar to Southern California in a lot of ways, but a lot more rock formations. It is beautiful. Got to go there for the people. Luckily, I speak fluent Portuguese. That helps me in Portugal and Brazil. And if there's one word you need to know is bolos. That is their word for pastries. Wow, got to get some. It's really good. Or pound kent, which is hot bread. Either one of those will get you to survive in Portugal. So let's dive into our article. This comes from the Public Library of Science Journal, also posted at CNN.com. I will put that link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And of course, you can reach me there at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at Maximize Your Influence. Also home there to take your Persuasion IQ, get the free book, Maximum Influence. You can find that at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Here's what's really interesting is that sweat may give off stress signals. We've always talked that it's a little thing, the subconscious things, whether it be smell, colors, how close you stand, the words you use, your gestures, all have a big part of influence that people don't even realize because it's all happening on a subconscious level. So they're saying that if you're working in a stressful environment, you and your colleagues may be communicating tension to one another without even realizing it, and that would be through smell. And this was all done when you're exposed to sweat of other people who'd been in a stressful situation. Researchers also found that people may be more alert to potential threats when inhaling stress sweat. Now, I'm not sure about this stress sweat and the smelling of the sweat and the accumulating of the sweat, but this is their study. And the results suggest we can either detect other stress by breathing in their sweat. Always a fun topic to talk about. Now, where did they get this sweat? Well... They took people that went skydiving for the first time. Not sure again how they extracted that sweat, but they got it. And then their control sample were people who've been running on a treadmill. Another form of sweat. So they had people smell the sweat. Again, kind of interesting. Let me get to the reason why I'm talking about it. And while they were smelling the sweat, the brains were scanned using an MRI. So they could see the different regions of the brain. And the results indicated that in the amygdala, and that's the area the brain associated with emotion was more active when exposed to the skydiver's sweat than to the runner's sweat. Interesting. And they concluded that it would make sense that if others around us are stressed, that it would enhance our vigilance to potential danger. 
So they call these smell pheromones. And some people use this in a sexual nature, that if there's a certain smell, it'll trigger feelings in the opposite sex. And a lot of people aren't too sure about that. It kind of goes back and forth. They know it happens in other species of the animal world, but not with humans. But we do know animals can smell gender, age, dominance, different things from an animal by smelling. And other studies have also shown that people give off different body odors that correspond to certain emotional situations. And stress is one of those. So they're continuing this research to find out that maybe if there's a smell that can increase safety or react better in emergency situations like an airplane or even they mentioned the space shuttle or provide insights on stressful office environments or maybe even working in the emergency room. So it's real. We know the whole science of smells. I just talked about the smell oxytocin on the show a couple times. That's the smell of trust. So it actually triggers trust, if you want to listen to that. That's in episode 239. Remember, the archives are available at InfluenceUniversity.com. That's a free part of the membership there, along with our advanced training programs. And it's real. It works. It's interesting. It's all part of it. But now that they're smelling people's sweat or the pheromones, it actually triggers a lot of different feelings. You know it to be true. Popcorn in a movie theater. Perfume and cologne of old boyfriend and girlfriend. It's a little thing sometimes we don't think about that really matters. So take that to the bank. Again, not encourage you to store your sweat. It's interesting how they get to some of these results, but the results will help you become better at influence. So from our geeky article, let's get into the ninja this week. Ninja go. So again, I mentioned with the article, it's the little things we don't think about, the 5% 5% here, the 2% here, the 6% here. Every time we add a tool of persuasion or understand a smell or a color or spatial relationships or a culture, we become better at influence. Remember, we want to persuade people how they want to be persuaded. So this would be a controversial ninja going to Bill Belichick of the Patriots or in the middle of the football playoffs. Now, I know a lot of people don't like Bill Belichick or the Patriots, but there's no doubt he's one of the best coaches out there. They're one of the best teams. And for the last game, he put a temperature gauge or a thermometer outside the tunnel in Gillette Stadium. The play in the Chargers is going to be out 60 degrees in, in California where they play. But there at game time it was expected to be 25 degrees. So just as they came out, just a subtle reminder, big, huge temperature gauge that said 25 degrees. <laughs> I love it. And some people think, well, it didn't matter. And all the players will say it doesn't have any effect. But does it? Isn't that interesting? Little subtle things. Maybe it gave a little percent advantage. Maybe it did affect people. We don't know. That's a difficult one to gauge. But one in football that's really interesting that we talk about just the little things, the psychological tricks, is icing the kicker. Now, for those who don't know American football, this is when they kick a field goal at the end of the game for the win. Let's say the game's really close, and there's two seconds left, and this one field goal is going to win the game. And so what happens is the opposing coach calls a timeout right before they kick it, with the thought being it's icing the kicker, they're going to think about it, and maybe freak themselves out, or think themselves out, or plant a little seed of doubt. So does that even work, that little thing? So I did a little research. And here are the interesting numbers. So in a regular season game, people hit field goals 81% of the time when there was no timeout called. But when there was a timeout called just right before the snap, remember icing the kicker, 76% of the time it worked. 
So there is a 5% difference between icing and not icing the kicker, between that timeout and not calling a timeout. Interesting, that little percent, 5%, that little psychological game. Now, where it got really interesting, if this was an overtime, I mean, the game has gone really long, and this was the kick that was going to win the game, when they were not iced, or there was no timeout called, 87% of the time, they made it. But when the timeout was called and they were iced, it was only 69% of the field goal kickers made it. That's 18% difference. So you got to look at the numbers. you got to look at your ability to influence. It's the little things that sometimes we think about don't matter. It could be the way you dress, the way you smell, the way you present, the way you speak, your tone of voice, your accent, your volume. All these things matter. And they might only matter 2% here, 1% here, 4% here. But you start adding those up, now all of a sudden 20, 30, 40, or 50%, you become 50% better as a persuader. And similar to that, talked about it a few years on the show, the Arizona Wildcats college football team in the visiting locker room. So this is college football. And if you know anything about Arizona, this is for people around the world, very hot. It can get to 100 degrees, 110 degrees, 120 degrees. It's a very hot place. So inside the visiting locker room of the Arizona Wildcat is a sign that says, and they see this right before they get onto the football field. I mean, big red letters, warning extreme heat. And I'll put a link so you can see this. It says, today's temperature has reached 98 degrees. The temperature on the field has reached 131 degrees. Heat-related symptoms include, but are not limited to, dizziness, fatigue, rapid heart rate, excessive sweating, nausea, vomiting. <laughs> Stay hydrated. Seek medical attention as on the sign they see before they get out. It'd be very similar to being electrocuted with the big exclamation points in yellow. <laughs> it's just this huge sign. Now, some might say, oh, well, it's important. They need to stay hydrated. They're looking out for their best interests. And I'm just going to say, maybe, but I don't think so. It's just one of those little subtle things to plant a seed that most people say, oh, it doesn't make a difference. But I'm sure it does. Now, to continue on with our content of the show is let's talk about embedded commands. And it's pretty simple. An embedded command is a command within a sentence that's embedded. That's a command. Does that make sense? Basically, an embedded command is a technique used to communicate to the subconscious mind. It actually bypasses the conscious mind, and it talks directly to the subconscious mind. We see them in marketing and advertising and in seminars and in politics. But embedded commands are written or either spoken, and the conscious mind is not aware that they exist, and they create expectations without creating inner resistance. For example, Pepsi used to have a slogan, have a Pepsi day, and the embedded command was have a Pepsi. Now, sometimes as parents, we use them the wrong way. Parents say, don't walk in the street. The better command is walk in the street. Don't be dumb. Don't crash. Don't eat the dirt. And don't think about pink elephants. Don't think about the beach. And all of a sudden, those old commands, that's where your brain goes. You've heard the pink elephant example before. Don't think of elephants. Don't think. And people do. That's where their brain goes. That's an embedded command. It's a powerful thing. And as parents don't say, don't walk in the street, say, stay on the sidewalk. Instead of saying, don't crash a car, say, drive safe. So these commands actually reinforce potential behavior. They kind of drop that seed, and people can come to faster decisions. We see them in advertising, sales copy on the Internet. One study showed that these increase marketing efforts by 10 to 20%, depending on the campaign. 10 to 20%. Again, that little bump that makes a big difference. So effective embedded commands are short and concise. I, mean, I would make them longer to two to four words. 
And it's much easier to use these commands in persuasive writing because you can visually highlight the command. I mean, you see this online, especially on a sales copy page where they'll bold or italicize. They'll put something in a different font size or even a different color where it just kind of pops to your subconscious mind and bypasses your conscious mind. Now, if the font was 12 and the next one was 48-point font, I would might be too obvious and that would be on the radar and that wouldn't work. So if you're going to use this, you have to decide, okay, what is it you're trying to say? How can you create a sentence, a long sentence with a few words in it that are embedded that could be used as an embedded command? And it fits contextually. So these little phrases, these commands can include word associations, cause and effect statements, presuppositions, questions, hidden suggestions. Essentially, these phrases are popping out to the subconscious mind. If you had somewhere in a sentence that said, become really interested, become wealthy, as you use this material, you're going to see how good it feels. You're going to find that this is going to happen. As you read each word and follow my lead, this will change your life. You'll become really interested. You will start to understand. You will learn quickly. You will learn how. When you get it today, as you adopt this solution, you will discover. Do you see how those words can plant little seeds? And here's an interesting one. You'll see this on infomercials. And they'll say something like, by now you realize. And that by, and they were saying it, B-Y-N-O-W, by now. But really it was B-U-Y now. Buy it now. Buy it right now. <laughs> I saw one the other day in this presentation. I loved it. They're like, well, you, like me. <laughs> twisting that around to, you like me. You really like me right now instead of you are like me. Two very, very different things. And so studies do show that embedded commands change attitudes and beliefs. Even if we're totally unaware that it's happened on a conscious level. They're very effective. They need to be below the radar. And you can create expectations of behavioral changes or influence by using these indirect suggestions. What happens is the subconscious mind will create an internal reality to match the commands. Now, as far as application, you could do it in a form of a question. If you want someone to go get something in the car, for example, hey, would you be so kind to go to the car and get, you know, fill in the blank? And you got to emphasize go to the car, what you want them to do. You're talking to your teenagers. Do you remember how clean your room was when your friends came over last time? Clean your room's the embedded command. Now, it might sound like hokiness to you, but I'm telling you what the studies show. It's the little things that make a big difference. Now, again, it has to be below the radar. you got to use your voice in the right way. So right within the sentence, you can put that embedded command and command it with a downward tonality instead of being harsh or make them feel like they have to do it. Now, some of you think, well, that's evil and it's manipulative. Well, any influence techniques neutral, just like gravity. It can be good, it can be bad, it can be... Like fire could be used for good or bad. A knife could be used for good or bad. It's there. It's neutral. And it depends how you use it. Get inviting, not commanding and threatening. But that's the key. It presupposes the person's doing what you want them to do. Now, this comes from NLP or neurolinguistic programming. They found it to be very effective when you put a weak phrase in front of the command. So I'm like, what would it be like as you were using this product or service and fill in the blank there? What would it be like if you purchased today, right? There's kind of a weak form. Hey, what would it be like just if, matter of fact, if you purchased? If you started to become nicer? What would it be like as you visited the gym every week and you started to lose weight? See where I'm going with this? So it's kind of a weak phrase here. And some people call it a weasel phrase. If you were to have personal training twice a week and this happened and this happened, that weak phrase before it 
kind of softens them up and you can put little commands in there that don't sound so commanding. Here's another weak phrase or weasel phrase. You might find as you start learning persuasion and influence and get involved with the science of success and study the techniques every day. Do you see how I did that? You might find it softened them up to learn persuasion, to mash the techniques. That's how you use an embedded command. So remember, embedded commands are language patterns. It takes a little practice. It takes a little planning. You've got to learn how to use your voice or have it pop at a written email or maybe it sells copy online. But the studies show they work. I'm telling you, it's the little things. The more little things you add, the more persuasive you become. Another example would be, here's the weak part. As you read my book, Maximum Influence, and notice how easy it is to master the skills of influence and become really interested in learning all the tools of persuasion and influence, really interested was another embedded command. I mean, you can say things like, trust me, decide now, believe me, change your life for all different commands that you can use. But remember, under the radar... You can weaken it up front with a weak statement or use a question. Three, maybe four words at the most. I like two if you can. Final example. Let's take it from the car industry. I think we've all worked with them before. Before we consider buying this car, let's talk about the features and benefits so you can make the right decision. That way you can buy with confidence. Here I softened it up front. Before you consider... We talked about benefits, making the right decision, buying with confidence. Those were all emphasized. So some think it's woo-woo. Some might think it's borderline. Wait a minute, is that manipulative? you got to decide what's right for you. Again, any tool can be used for great evil, and any tool can be used for great good. But it's all part of the world of persuasion, influence, and NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. That is our podcast for today. Thank you for being here. As we wrap up podcast 271, I will post the links at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. I can be reached at Kurt, K-U-R-T, at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. The podcast is also on YouTube and Facebook at Maximize Your Influence. And if you like the training information, please hit the like and subscribe button. Did you catch that embedded command? Awesome. Thank you. Master the skill we talked about. Master embedded commands today and go out and persuade with power.